Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But not on this episode of Raw. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D. I'm joined by the professor, the truth, Dan Layton, your jam that champion who will be putting his title on the line this Saturday at our WWE Survivor Series party at Long Arm Pub and Brewery in Shoreditch in London. Click the link in the video description down below to get your tickets. A retaining is on the cards, everybody. We'll be here. We're defending that belt against pete quinnell the former jam that champion pete quinnell the predictions for that will be going out tomorrow here on the rest of podcast channel while you're here please do press the subscribe button if you haven't already do give us a thumbs up as well leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of monday night raw if you're watching us live join the chat if you're watching they say in wales if you're watching this clive join the chat get your voice heard but if you want your comment read out on the air wrestle.com forward slash support we'll read out all of them above the five us dollar amount and we're going to kick things off today talking about the return of randy orton there he is look except is he there yeah he's there but he's not there do you want to do that bit no, I say let, let's go in order. Yeah, let's just do that. Let's do that. Let's do the 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 tail end, the beginning, and the yeah headline. The the, the bookends of this yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Booker T zone. Yeah, uh, bookends for this yeah. show because it opened with a Drew McIntyre promo, fully heel Drew. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you know last week we were like, is it a heel turn? Has he joined the Judgment Day? Is it just he's siding with Judgment Day but hasn't really fully turned heel? No, no, no. He is out and out a heel mm. now. He was just fully on heel in this promo. But not changing anything about the Drew McIntyre yeah. character. His justification for this is still the same. And I, I like that in my heel terms. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely adored everything about this. Like from the, from the opening of the show, there being no music, there being no entrance, there being no this, well, welcome to the show. Wonder what Drew McIntyre is going to say. He was just there. The light was already done. Uh, it, it kind of marked the change for me. It was that whole thing of, the 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 turn happened mm-hmm. and not a lot was said about it in the moment and now here it is to officially confirm 100% it's gone and then he had a substance of what he had to say basically boils down to the one line that I wrote down which I really liked if you're a fan of Drew McIntyre don't have to explain myself it's it's the heel energy I love he's, he feels justified in what he's done he's behaving authentically he's behaving consistently as far as he's concerned I love that 
I loved this whole segment. I also thought it was interesting that his justification for... He, he said, I've not joined the Judgment Day. Mm -hmm. I am just siding with the Judgment Day for this War Games. And the reason why is because Rhea Ripley gave me the one thing that I wanted. And that's Jay Uso inside a steel cage. Mm. The thing I find most interesting about that is that is nothing to do with Seth Rollins and the World Heavyweight Championship. Right. He didn't say, I want to get in this match so I can have another crack at Seth and that world title. His sole focus is Jay. Yeah. Which for me kind of takes Drew out of the title picture for the time being. Well, he lost the, the, the opportunity and in that instance had no one to blame but himself. Like there was no interference. There was no cash in. There was no, he just straight up lost the match. Um, and so it, it, it's now that thing of, again, he feels justified. But really, I think we're all on the side of this, who have you got to blame now but you. It's what he said on Raw last week. He mm. shook Seth's hand and mm -hmm. was like, I've got to work my way back up the rankings. Yeah. So... We, you know, a lot of people were fantasy booking last week. He could pin Seth Rollins and that sets up another world title match. Mm -hmm. No, I think we're not getting Drew versus Seth again for a little while. I think so. Because we're going to be taking Drew away from that title's picture because he, as you say, is to work his way back up. He even said that himself on last mm. week's episode. So I thought that was quite interesting. His sole focus right now is Jey Uso. And, well, then he got to beat him later tonight as well. So yeah. he get, he's already beaten him. And then he wants to beat him further again inside uh, Wargames. To sort of cause him a lot of uh, blunt force trauma. Yeah. LA Knight trademark. Uh, that brought out Jey Uso, who said yeet a lot. He did say, uh, uh, give me a hell yeet is, is something I think we should expect soon enough. Yep. Uh, look, as as someone who uh, I you know is is on the the, 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 the dad the, side, the, I'm, I'm you know I am I'm, I'm nearing forty. Yeah, uh, I feel this is going to grow old quite quickly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wrote in my notes here, man, Drew is so much cooler than Jay Uso is. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking, I'm there looking at Drew, and Jade's coming down and being like, yeet yeet, and I was like, man, Drew's just so much cooler than you. Oh, dad, <laughs> I know. With your, with your man in his leather jacket and his uh, yeah, no, I mean like Drew's cool. He's got a cool energy about him, but yeet works for me. I love it. Uh, and Judgment Day came out to back up Drew, and then mm. you'll never guess what the rest of this, the War Games team sort of back, you know, this and the other. And Adam Pierce got between them, and he was like, "No, we're not doing this. We're not getting to a war now. I need you lots to decide which one of you is going to be fighting." representing your team mm. for the advantage match later on tonight. I need your answer by 9pm. Mm -hmm. I like putting time limits yeah. on things. But it, was, it, tells so you as, it tells you as a viewer as well, I need to make sure I'm watching by this time to find out what it is. Exactly, exactly. And then that's going to be... I actually thought when he was saying 9 o'clock, I was like, is that when the match is going to be? Because what else is going to be the main event mm. of this show? Yeah. It's not going to be Nakamura and Chad. <laughs> yeah. so what else is the main event? So that's how we ended that there. Uh, they had uh, Judgment Day hung out in the Judgment Den and Priest was talking about how he should be the guy to do it but Rhea said really we should wait till Drew gets here and then when Drew arrived Drew said I should be the guy to do it mm. and they said yeah alright you be the guy to do it show us why it's worth having you on our team and Team Cody picked Jay to mm -hmm. be the representative. very nice that's smart because that is bookending the show I actually thought they might pick Sammy because I was like well the heels are going to win so, right. I th Sammy's the guy who can take the pin. Mm. That's that was kind of my my theory of it. Like that, that's the underdog uh, Sammy sort of methodology. But no, they they went with Jay, which I thought was quite nice because that's what we set up at the, at the start of the show. 
They also announced as well on this that uh, Adam Pearce said, I need to know who the fifth member of your team is by the end of the night, mm-hmm. which is what they did on SmackDown with Team Flair. Mm-hmm. That led us into our main event, which was Drew McIntyre versus Jay Uso. And man, this crowd were knackered. Well, they'd given everything. Yeah. And at several points in this show, I'm going to shout out Grand Rapids because what a crowd. Like, honestly... Uh, throughout the show, really being that third, that eleventh man kind of thing, twelfth man, um, mm. just brilliant. Yeah, they, they were, were so good. They were on fire for so much of this yeah. show. Like you know, the the opening match with Raquel and Nye, they were on mm-hmm. fire for the Becky Zion match. They were on fire for the women's four way match. Gargano. They really got into. They were so into Gargano and Kaiser. It meant that when it got to Nakamura and Gable, you could almost see people go like, I mean, I'm actually a bit knackered. I'm quite tired. Now. Yeah. And then I was like, that's ah, all right. They'll come back up for the main event. But even in this main event, they were like, actually, oh, great. Like, I've seen a lot now. Mm. I've, I've, had, I've had my fill and I'm quite full. Mm. And so they were kind of like not as into this as they were other things on the show. And in fairness, the match was fine. Like, it was an okay main event. And Drew just won. Like, yeah. Out of nowhere, he just hit the Future Shock DDT and won. I, I said in the office when I came in, like Ollie said, how was Raw? And I was like, it felt like in the main event, the referee suddenly went to both of them. Oh, by the way, you've only got one minute left. Mm. And they were like, oh, scrap the five minutes of other stuff we had planned. Just go to the finish. Mm. Uh, well, because of the way we format the show, we don't really say this right at the front. I thought this show was amazing. Yeah. I thought this was an outstanding episode of Raw. Possibly so my favorite of the year. And I know you, you agree. Like, I... And yet, the, the it's it's a, a sign of how good the show was at the main event was like the five percent where I was like, oh, it didn't fully work for me in the way I wanted it to. Um, I don't know if it was because of timing, things getting rushed or whatever. Uh, and yeah, I didn't even I didn't even not like it. Like there was the the future shock thing. I found kind of interesting the idea that maybe he will stop using the claymore because that's a very babyface move. Yeah, because you can do the. Three, exactly two, you know and, and he's teased that before and then not bothered i like the idea of him just grabbing someone and dropping the... someone i saw on twitter complained about uh sasha banks losing to alexa bliss with the ddt and it's like well yeah she just drove your head into the ground it's like I, it hurts it's supposed to be a finishing maneuver it, it used to it was the, they all they all think that now the super kick is what happened to the switching music is what happened to the ddt like well, it's canadian destroyer there it like is that, like canadian yeah. destroyer was Very... P. that was pd williams finishing move he invented the canadian destroyer that was his finish and now and now it's just a move that everybody does in every match ever and they, it doesn't hurt them and they just do another one, do they, another they one. Piss all over it but like i went I, i've said this before i went to an indie show in 2019 2019 2018 2019 mm. in the opener with two people, two nobodies or two young lions going out there, mm. they did a Canadian destroyer on the apron, and yeah. that was a setup for a near fall. Yeah, yeah. And it was at that point me and I was like, oh, I think, I think they've misunderstood mm. the, the assignment here. It's a bit of a shame because then the other, but then this is kind of an evidence of the other side of it, which is where imagine Drew McIntyre grabs your arms behind your head, wraps his legs around you, and drops your head on the floor. That's going to knock you out. It's a good, it's a good finishing move, but it did feel kind of out of nowhere. I, I certainly was looking down. At my notes and then look back up i was like oh that's that's the end it felt like we hadn't got to the final third of the match yet. yeah that's more my thing like i don't mind the future shock being the finish mm-hmm. i like the future shock. it should be a finish yeah like that is his secondary finish mm. along with the claymore you should it shouldn't just be a two count machine mm. it's what people used to say about um john cena's springboard stunner like austin hated that move mm. because he was like it never puts anyone away so why would i care about 
that move. Now, one of my favorites is the pop-up powerbomb Kevin Owens does because that's something that comes out of nowhere and could just like off you. You're yeah. winded, you can't breathe. And, like... and some, but like it's more a case of that move. That move finishes matches, so mm. then it uses like when people do kick out of it, that two count, that near fall means something. Yeah. So I don't mind him winning, uh, winning with the the the, the future shock. It was more that the, it felt like the match had not yes. got into its third gear. Yeah, I agree with that. Like it, it, it ended halfway through its middle act. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have. I, I'm kind of waiting to get to get to the end because because again, it's that thing of like there's so much of this segment from the beginning right through the end that I just absolutely loved. But then there are there are also elements where it was a bit wobbly. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, so yeah. The end of the match, like Drew wins, the baddies have got the advantage, everyone runs down, everyone does their big brawling and all this and the other. Before the match had started, Cody had said, like, because they needed to find their fifth guy. And so Sammy said, we can call anyone from SmackDown? And it was like, yeah, that's fine. So obviously he went to go off call Kevin. Yeah. And Seth was like, I know someone I can go call them. And Cody was like, I know a guy I can call as well. And the crowd reacted like, because they already knew. It's this is the uh, thing of like, oh, the casual audience doesn't know. This crowd knew. Yeah, we know because it'd been reported it was going to be Randy Orton. This mm. crowd knew it was Randy Orton. Mm. This, uh, so yeah, casuals don't know what's going on, on the internet. Everyone knew this was a thing. And when he came, like they came out and Cody grabbed the microphone and he was like, "We've got our fifth guy, and it's someone I've got a legacy with." <sighs> Big mm. pop from the crowd. He's an apex predator. <sighs> Big reaction from the crowd. He's got his voices in his head. <sighs> Randy, Randy, Randy. And Cody Rhodes says, they know who it is. And the show ends. Mm. And I was like, well, that was crap. Like, that was... That I'm was, not nearly as down on this as you are. I was but... like, that was really lame. Yeah. Go on. Okay, so I, I, I see two better options of this. Mm -hmm. Number one, Randy Orton. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. bring out randy orton mm. and randy orton is there now the reason why wwe have done it this way of announcing randy orton ahead of time is because twitter has driven itself into a frenzy thinking that cm punk is coming back someone like tagged me being like this guy has spotted there's a tiny x I can't. Like, like it's there is all that there's some like space jam levels of reaching yeah. like that the, the big yeah. final dunk here to like that cm punk is coming back and so they had to announce him ahead of time, but Randy wasn't going to be there at the show. So they have to announce Randy Orton without having the Randy Orton return. Mm. So you can't do it way number one, mm -hmm. which is that Randy Orton is there. In which case, you do it way number two, which is, and his name is Randy Orton, and you let the crowd chant. Because we don't get a pop. Right. You don't get the return reaction or the announcement reaction because Cody just goes, ah, oh, they've said it. Mm. I think that's and fair. And then the show just ends, and the crowd are like, "Ah, oh. yeah, oh, okay." I, I think, I think, like I say, I'm not, I'm not the most down on it. Um, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the fire. I enjoyed Cody being Cody. I enjoyed that the crowd were chanting Randy's name. I enjoyed all of that stuff. I think, I think it is just missing that moment of screaming down the mic, screaming down the mic, Randy Orton, like, and having the whoa. I'm trying to think, what was the um. Do you remember when uh, Vince announced the NWO were going to be a No Way Out and he just sort of yeah. said their names and they were on the screen doing this? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I'm kind of worked. A lethal dose of poison. Not the one where he spun around, but when he's, he stands in the ring like an episode or so later saying after Flair's refused to give up or mm. whatever and he just points to the screen and on the screen is the three of them and that kind of got the reaction from the crowd. Like, you don't... It's, I guess it's, it's similar to the uh, Ibushi thing at Blood and Guts which was funny at the time I didn't really get that so it's you know maybe there's an inconsistency on my part but yeah 
Um, it was it was weird. I'll give I'll give you that. Yeah, it didn't bother me as much. And I think the the benefit of it is that it does save the um, I hear voices return pop moment for Chicago, which which absolutely which is going to be great. Which is going to be great. And Randy couldn't be there. Yeah, so you had to. And find... they had they've been, they've been backed into a corner and. Oh God! I hope that the Chicago crowd don't turn on him. Like, like I, I get why they did it. I'm not down on that. Yeah. Like, it's the execution of doing it. Like, not just even, not even saying, and his name is Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. His name is Randy Orton to get that reaction from the crowd because that way you get two pops. And then, like mm. you know, ten minutes afterwards, they just put up a graphic which has got Randy Orton yeah. on it. So it's like I don't know. It felt like this was the less good version mm. of doing the already not optimal version of a randy orton return mm. so but like it's it didn't sour me on the episode absolutely it was just like at the end of it, i was like it reminded me like the abushi announcement for blood and guts which is that the audience there were ready to see abushi come out and abushi was not there mm. and so everyone was like yeah oh mm. okay that's disappointing yeah and we kind of just got that again here so i felt bad for them but yeah they're backed into a corner because <laughs> Twitter, that, has got, think, Twitter has got itself into this absolute frenzy. And, and, and they are just trying to manage expectations. Like, have you seen the, my favorite tweet? Uh, well, uh, there have been several good tweets today, would you believe? No. On that absolute nightmare. <laughs> um, but one of them was uh, someone being like, because Nakamura cut a promo on Instagram stories being like, you're close, I know you are, kind of thing. And someone went, you, three letters. CM, two letters. Punk four letters three is in between two and he's coming like and you do four times two is nakamura nakamura is eight letters nakamura and punk like it's like they're they're really it's just simple maths they're really backing themselves and they have and they continue to um and even i will say i fell for it as well they they announced even more tickets are being released and i guess it's because well why not like they had a big led screen Mm. the tickets sold out so they took down the led screen to put more tickets on sale and they sold out. Yeah. So they're like, well, fine. We'll just sell this place out three times yeah. over because that's how big WWE is right now. I, I, my, my only concern is that thing we've worked ourselves into, we, collectively. Um, I've always said, believe it when I see it, you're the same. There are going to be people who are like, dude, disappointed. I, and I'm, and yeah. I just don't want that to happen for the people who I know are going to be working their ass off in the ring. Dude, we said this at uh, All Out 2019. Mm. When that show ended, then there was no CM Punk. We had people complain to us that CM Punk was not on the show. And I was like, why? Never I, they never promised it. I know he was a star cast, but that doesn't mean that he was going to be uh, at, on the pay-per-view. Mm. Like, he wouldn't debut for that company for another two years. Mm. But people just have decided this is happening and like you know there are like this coming saturday is going to be a wild time on twitter yeah because a lot of reporters have said the word from wwe is punk is not there Mm -hmm. punk is not going to be on the show triple h apparently had like a prepared answer for the fast lane or payback which i think it was fast lane media press conference because he was expecting people to ask him about Punk, and no one did, mm. which is why they gave it to Sean in the end to report on Fightful Select. He, they were fully expecting people to ask about Punk, and Triple H had a prepared answer of, no, mm. he's not coming in. But then Sean has also said, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they've had a call this week. I'm not saying he won't be there. Like, It's a 20% chance yeah. that he might be on the show. But the yeah. likelihood is he's not yeah i think like nakamura not doing the open challenge which some people thought yeah. the mystery man's not being there i think that's quelled some of it mm. but we won't find out but it's like twitter is just going to be this mess yeah on sunday 
and to kind of bring it back to the show rather than go off into a CM Punk conversation for the millionth time this year, like, I think the reason I feel like I'm, oh, I want it to work for them so bad and I don't want the crowd to turn on them for something that's not their fault is because I actually think throughout the show, and as you'll see when we do our predictions tomorrow, there's an awful lot to work with on this show. There's an awful lot of interesting character stuff in the women's war games match and in the men's war games matches. There's, there's a lot of intricacies and layers and spinning plates and things that have been going on. And while the shows over the past few months, have, let's be honest, we've been getting here since May. You know, really, if we're really honest about it, we've known war games was coming in November. This has been what's on the cards all the, all the whole, you know, the whole time. So when we get here and I'm intrigued to see the match and I'm excited because of the Drew turn, because of the interesting stuff that's going on in the Judgment Day and the stuff that's going on with Jay and Cody being on SmackDown and all of this stuff. I'm like, I don't, I want them to have the opportunity for that to be well received and not a hostile crowd who are pissed because CM Punk didn't show. I don't think that crowd is going to be a problem. Think- I, I do not think the Chicago crowd is going to be a problem. I think Twitter will be a mess the right. following As day, long as the live but crowd is I don't think the live crowd are going to be upset if Punk is not there. I, d- I don't think they're going to tear over the show. Because as we saw with this episode, the crowd can make something like 20 times more special. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and when I'm talking about the things that, like the through lines, like I'm thinking when Drew's doing his promo, he drew a line with Cody attacking Jimmy on SmackDown. They're two sides of the same coin. Like they both have a problem with the person they attack them, but like Cody's more willing to forgive Jay. It's like, well, hang on. Why can you support what Cody's doing, yeah. but not what I'm doing? And, no one's, kind of and no one's telling Cody to just get over it. Exactly. Which is what I kept getting told. All that stuff. The other thing as well that I absolutely loved about this, uh, like, yeah, I, I would say, I'd actually say the thing I loved the most about this main event, because mm. the match itself was fine. And I thought the finish came out of nowhere a bit too quickly. And the post-match reveal of Randy Orton was not actually a reveal. And that was a bit of a letdown. But I thought Jay was really good in the post This is where I was about to go. Yeah. Uh, it's Because Jay's selling of the loss was great. Because he then had essentially two conflicting emotions. Number one, I've lost this for the team. My team is now going into war games with the disadvantage. I've been on the other side with the advantage. So I know how important that is going into a war games. Secondly, he was not present when Cody said, my guy's in i've made the call we can do Mm -hmm. business we're all going to be on the same team together so jay's found out there and then that it's randy orton and the last time randy orton was in wwe was being dicked over by the bloodline which included jay Uso. yeah and i thought jay sold all of that really really well and it was that, that literally taking the words right out of my mouth that's literally what i was about to say because then it's also fed in with earlier on in the show seth and Jay are having a conversation and Jay's sort of given all this. He's like, he's, you know, kind of, he's in fake it till you make it mode. And Seth says like, it's going to be tricky. And he kind of like lets it falter a little bit. And he's actually quite, you know, there's a, there was a vulnerability to the performance he was giving. Give him an Emmy. But um, he's like really played with that idea of like, you know, square peg in the round hole. Everyone's out to get him, but he's still trying to just, all he can do is prove that he's on the good side. He's got Sammy. He's got Cody. And and now to a dis- dig- dig- uh, to a degree, excuse me, he's got Seth, but there are still your Kevin he- Kevin Owens who didn't like him. You've got your your Drews who don't like him. All that stuff, and the inner conflict of it all. The last time he was in War Games, him and Sammy were on the same team, but for the other side, you know, all of that mm. stuff. Drew was on the other side in both ways. Um, I thought his performance was really great, and this idea that he is the weak one, the vulnerable one, 
that's what adds to so many wrinkles to what could happen in war games. We'll get into it in the predictions tomorrow, but like, you know, I can see the babyface team winning. I can also see Jay in a pin and the babyface team losing and it being another, you know, nail to hammer in to Jey Uso's like story kind of thing. I, I'm not on the predictions video tomorrow because mm. it's you and Pete yeah. uh, fighting for the championship at uh, our live show this weekend. I don't think the Judgment Day are winning. Right. I and the, my reasons for that are, are twofold. Number one, I don't see the point in them winning. And number two, this is supposed to be the end of it. This whole deal is supposed to be this is the end of Team Cody, Team Sammy, Team Jay, Team whatever, feuding with the Judgment mm. Day, which they've been doing for the better part of seven months. This is supposed to be the final chapter of that. Mm -hmm. So I don't see the point then of Judgment Day winning. Like the only benefit I could see is the goodies winning. Because mm. if the I, I really think that we need to lower the Judgment Day down, not down the card, but let's slot them back into the tag team division and let Imperium be the new top heel group. Because I think the crowd are starting to get a bit tired of the Judgment Day mm. being the top heel group on Raw. Mm. My only disagreement there is you've got um, Senior Money in the Bank. So you don't want to have him go down a little bit. I think I think there's, no, there's like, an opportunity to do. Something. I mean, yeah, him. But like, okay, so Gun Priest having the main event. But what I mean is like every Raw main event. Yeah, sure, with, I agree. With the that. Judgment yeah. Day being on top, and it's therefore like. So I think we just still need to end this now. Draw mm. a line under Team Goodies versus the Judgment Day, and just find something new for all of these lads to do. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But let's get into your ultra chats on this one, your alpha chats. Get them in, restalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amount. And Will Campbell here says, hi, guys. Excited to see Randy be back this weekend. I was fearful that we wouldn't ever see him again because of his back. Also, I love how Becky made it her mission to put over the rest of the women's roster because who we was that match with Zaya Grace. It was, and we will get to that very, very shortly. Um, but yeah... Like, Whacking him with his with his back in immediately into a war games match does give me the willies. I won't lie to you. Yeah, his doctors have told him, "Don't wrestle because your back is really yeah. bad." And his response to that was like, well, "I'm going to go back and wrestle." Yeah. Valib Mamadipudi has been a member for thirty months in a row. Says na 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 Randall Keith Randall Keith Randall Randall Keith. Ah, you got there. Randall Randall Keith Randall Keith. I figured it was wild, but it felt like the na na song. Um. I know why they did it this way. I just wish we saw him on the Tron at the very least. Mm. Yeah. Moose here says two things. Jay's uneasy reaction to Randy coming back was perfect. Also, did you get the feeling that Priest is only the leader of the War Games match in name only? Rhea was still the person making decisions for the match. That was another thing on my list that I loved when he came over and he said, I'm the leader of this team. And, and Rhea went, yeah, yeah, you're the leader of this team in the War Games match. So like, she just said it very casually, but it was like that kind of soft diplomacy from Mammy. She, I, was a big I fan. love how she made it feel like it was Priest's decision to wait for Drew. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because Rhea is the leader of Judgment Day. Yeah. Priest believes he is, mm-hmm. but Rhea actually is. It's great stuff. One Watcher says, uh, everyone, Orton is back. Yay, me. That's awesome. But Cody Fine Drew again. Man, I miss WCPW. <laughs> Oathkeeper65 says, WWE didn't really have any other option. If they didn't say anything, the internet would put themselves into a shoot on the slim possibility that the muffin-loving messiah was showing up and would bury the show because WWE didn't say he wasn't coming. I've, 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 yeah, I've said my piece on this, but like, yeah, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have announced it because they should have. I thought this was the least optimal way of doing it. William Rosmer says, uh, all announcing Orton was done, all (laughs) announcing Orton has done is say Punk isn't in the War Games match. It's also announced that Orton is in the War Games match and coming back. Let's not forget he's been out of action for... I, well, I think William's point there is like, it doesn't mean that Punk isn't debuting or Punk isn't ah, I see what you're like, saying. It's not saying that CM Punk is not on the show. Also, I have a pitch that Randy Orton is heel when he comes back. Like, he gets involved in the match, he gets there, the babyface pop, and then during it, he turns. Just hits Jay. Yeah. Hits Jay. He's the last person in, goes in, hits Jay, and leaves. Yeah. I don't know. There's something spicy about it. I like it. Uh, Power Packers 90 has been in Membug for 27 months in a row. Uh, has said, I mean, Randy is getting booed. Chicago sports fans hate the St. Louis team. Remember, Chicago was cheering for Jinder because F Randy. I think that's a bit different. I also think it's a different audience. It's a different time. And Randy Orton's not been here for like 18 months. So I think there's a slightly different aura to Randy Orton. But if they boo him because Chicago sports fans hate St. Louis teams. 
Look, I've I've been told that people from Chicago are knobs. So like I I it could be been. it could be very true. I don't know if that's a true fact or not. But if uh, if that's a true thing, they'll just boo him because of a sports thing. Mm. Yeah, I might believe what someone. Do told you know me how far away Chicago is from St. Louis? What is the was it because did St. Louis steal the Rams? I don't know. I don't know. Blues mate. Uh, anyway, let's get into the rest of this show because we have gone long on that opening segment. Uh, although it did cover, we covered a, a lot. We covered a lot on this show. Um, I uh, I made this uh, uh, not a joke about this, but I made reference to this in my edited review. But I it felt like that Brandon Thurston graph um, that showed the amount of women's matches on a card. Comparing, going comparatively of Impact, mm-hmm. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Collision, and Dynamite, kind of lit a fire under Triple H a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unlike Tony Khan, he didn't just ignore it and was like, "Oh, that sucks. Maybe we should do better then." Mm. Because the opening four matches on this show, three of them were in the women's division and featured pretty much everyone on the roster. Yeah, with the exception of Nikki Cross and Trish Stratus and like maybe a couple of others. Mm-hmm. But it showcased two names who are in you know the top title contendership picture Mm -hmm. it showcased the legendary becky lynch alongside a potential up-and-coming newcomer who Mm -hmm. was trying to show what she can do and like an actual like felt like a tag team division Mm. with the tag team champs at ringside just wait for me to talk about that match so like it felt like this show was trying to prove a point yeah and i like that this is like when someone put up a sign at Dynamite that said, book the women's division better. So Tony Khan reacted the following week. Poorly, but he did react the following week and then tried to do something. I would say that this felt like Triple H had that sign, but didn't actually have that sign on TV. He had that sign in the form of that Brandon Thurston graph and was like, no, do you know what? F it. We can do better. Well, I mean, they and, did it. And they, and they did better. They did it on NXT a couple of weeks ago to no fanfare and kind of, I didn't really notice until the show was over. And I think that's, that when we talk about it, that's the point. When we're, we're pushing for equality, um, me and my feminist agenda, we're doing it not to, you know, take spots away from men. We're just doing it to the point where you don't notice it anymore. And I'll be honest, I didn't notice it in, in this show. I just noticed that there was these segments. I don't, I didn't think about it in terms of that graphic. I didn't think about it in terms of. I notice it when there's only one segment because I think that's so egregious. But when they're just in in and amongst and they're part of the show and it's the natural flow and I'm enjoying myself with the program, I don't notice it. That's what we're after, you know? Yeah. So. And I thought this was really, really great for it. And it kicked off with Nia Jax versus Raquel Rodriguez. And mm. that's that I was not really into the idea of, but boy, howdy, like they... These two beat the piss out of each mm. other. They really went for it. Good match held by a very, very hot crowd. Again, yeah. Shout out to this crowd. Uh, the finish saw Raquel trying to stop uh, Nia Jax doing the bonsai drop and try to hit a powerbomb. But despite her whole gimmick being, I have an impressive back, the back gave out. And Nia kicked her down, hit the bonsai drop, and got the win. Great win for Nia. Um, and I, it's putting her over strong because she will likely be facing Rhea Ripley for the title soon. either soon, maybe Rumble time, or maybe she'll just have a really good showing in the Rumble. I don't think she's going to win it, but I, I think we are grooming Nia to be the next. That's why she wasn't involved in any of the finish of the Fatal Five Way at Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. She was very kept separate from that. 
So I thought this was a very smart bit of business. The reason Raquel couldn't lift her up is because Nia Jax took a back out of load. Like, at, before the commercial, she bashed her about, picked her up, and basically wrapped her around the ring post. And then we come back from commercial, and she's stretching her around the ring post like she's a bit of Brighton Rock, like she's some taffy. Um, smart. It was smart. And then, but Raquel keeps trying it because she knows she can do it when she's on a good day because she's got that really impressive back, and it just doesn't work for her because she's not doing it. The, the crowd keeps going, oh, the, there was the guy, there were four guys in the front row standing up, and I recognize that maybe at the beginning some of it might have been ironic, but I think by the end of it, they were absolutely into it. Um, and now we have a little hook for Raquel as well. You know, at some point, she's going to be able to lift Nia Jax up like that, yeah. and it's going to get her a massive pop. Or maybe Jade Cargill will be the one to do it, or, or this kind of thing. We're setting up the idea that Nia Jax is um the andre the giant of the women's division in that in that regard um and you'll see a front slam and everyone will lose their minds a great example of the difference of triple h and vince era is during the vince era he had this thing of bianca belair hitting the kod on uh piper niven mm -hmm. which is a fat like a spectacular visual and it's like incredible how bianca belair does it but she did it for like three weeks in a row. Yeah. And every time they're like, whoa, can you believe it? It's like, yeah, because this is actually the third time I've seen it in three weeks. Mm. That, and it, it loses its specialty. Triple H is teasing this out. Like, Raquel can do this. She will hit that powerbomb on Nia Jax, whether that is in a couple of weeks' time, whether that's a couple of months' time, whether mm. it's at the Royal Rumble, whenever it is. But that spot will come. And it will be all the better because we didn't get it here. Yeah. I thought it was very good. Video promo for Zia Lee, and this is when we then got J Judgment Day hanging out in the Judgment Den, and uh, Drew walked in, and that's when they agreed that Drew should be the guy. JD McDonough's wearing a purple shirt, finally. Good for him, he's in the, he's in the band. Uh, we got a recap of SmackDown and the excellent damage control storyline, and then we got Team Cody uh, agreeing that it should be Jay to want to go out there and face Drew. Um, also, because can I, two good points from the good guy's lair which was, uh, this is a really stupid point, but the fact that they were in a room, I was thrilled because there's been a long time where that segment would have just happened in the corridor and you get the idea that these people are just aimlessly wandering up and down the backstage or maybe worse, in front of a big sign that says Raw or like a black curtain with a, you know, cardboard cut out of the Survivor Series poster. Just locker rooms. I know that it's, it's little details that make it feel like there's a cohesion. Mm -hmm. The Judgment Day having a lair is hilarious. It's like they're setting up their stall at Comic-Con every single time but i kind of like it i kind of like the idea that they get in they make their own little the home little den. yeah i like it so stuff like that really works for me but they also mentioned that cody was speaking to oldest about whether or not smackdown talent could be in their mm -hmm. team kind of thing which gives him a reason to be there aside from the other things he was maybe they're doing as well so I, again it's all these little details where i'm like you, you you know pulling it back bit by bit well done we then had becky lynch and Zia lee mm -hmm. um if I may just very quickly pop on my cynical hat, if I may just pop on my, my, my grumpus it's, hat. I've got a beautiful feathered plume. Uh, and I'm just going to just pop it up for just a moment here. Why beat Xia Lee the night before she's fighting for the NXT Women's Championship? Yeah. Why didn't you just say this match for next week? Because you also can't beat Becky on this match. She's on the pay-per-view. So you were booked in, you had this match and you were like, well... We don't really want to beat Zia Lee because she's fighting for the title. We don't really want to beat Becky Lynch because she's on the pay-per-view. So let's have Becky Lynch win because she's the biggest star and also Zia Lee shouldn't be beating Becky Lynch right now. But does that help Zia Lee going for the women's title tomorrow? Absolutely not. So I would say, let's just put a pin in this and we'll, we'll, move, this, we'll move this till next week 
where those factors do not impact this match. I see your point. Um, I think it's a fair one. I don't... Um, like you doesn't, it doesn't bother me that you much. You wouldn't do it with Becky. You... Like you, if, if Becky was fighting for the NXT Women's Championship the following night, you would not pin Becky Lynch. <sighs> yeah, but Becky Lynch isn't Nia Jax. And I, and, sorry, isn't Zaya Lee. Zaya and Nia. I know what you're saying. I, and I and I agree with the point. I saw a few other people say it online as well. Um, it is it is a thing. And it is something that I thought when they're coming out. I'm like, well, how do you sort of protect them? The only thing I can really come up with is the fact that Becky Lynch is the, the dominant woman in this division across, you know, the board kind of thing. So, like... It's hard. Xylee's not going to beat Becky Lynch. That said, you could have done something with it. Like I thought, and I thought that they would. I thought that they would um, in certain moments, and they didn't. I don't know. It's it's it, it's a fair point. Yeah, I just I, I I wouldn't have done it. And I think yeah, moving this to next week fix that issue. Like, and they did it later on tonight. Like Chad Gable's fighting for the Heritage Cup on NXT, and Nakamura just beat him. Mm. So like, well, that doesn't help NXT tomorrow. Like, if your whole thing is we're trying to like promote NXT. I don't think you should be beating the number one contenders to things mm. uh, on Raw. But that's just me. Maybe it's not just me, but it certainly was me for this show. But that's just me. And, they, and they even showed Lyra at ringside as well to promote the fact that Zia Lee is... So, yeah, mm. it's, it's not a great bit of business. However, it's also... I, I think it's not the worst thing in the world, though, is the thing, to have a match with Becky Lynch this good. Oh, well, that's the thing is that like so if I'll take off my cynical cap, yeah, because this match was excellent, yeah, <laughs> this match was awesome, yeah, because Zia Lee is wrestling's dumbest character. Yes, she, she has she been. Is, yeah, she is a bad character, and she really has got this sheen of her of oh, you're not quite main roster ready. Yeah, and could have done with another year in NXT. So the two things to that point that I'll get out of the way now are the entrance needs work. I think the music, the visuals, and the time it takes far too long it's kind of awkward um and she needs to pick up the pace a little in her work i think she's impressive i think she looks great i like her offense she has the energy of a video game character sometimes where she'll she'll do a move and then she'll get into position and then get ready to do the next one and it's like you need to find that flow between the moves and that's the thing across the board there are, there are you know many wrestlers of you know all genders who need to do the same thing um other than that now go so becky lynch went out of her way to make her look awesome uh, they've done a lot with Zia Lee over the last few weeks with the concussion kick and mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, she took out Becky Lynch and got herself DQ'd from a, from a battle royal. She knocked out Indy Hartwell. She knocked out Candice LeRae. But, like, Becky went out of her way in this match to put over Zia Lee in defeat. Mm -hmm. Like, this is putting someone over in defeat. She was made to look great. Again, I wouldn't be in for a title match, but she was made to look really good coming out of this. The best that Xia Li has looked in her entire WWE run, both main roster and in NXT. And it's all down to Becky Lynch. Mm. Lynch is... Her contract's coming up next year. Pay whatever she wants. The, absolutely that. You need a Becky She's Lynch the on your roster. She is so so great 2023 has been a fantastic year for her because she's not been in the title picture with rhea ripley because they've been saving that for when they do it at wrestlemania mm -hmm. so instead she has spent her 2023 feuding with a legend to get over zoe stark and has then gone down to nxt to try and get over stratton get over lyra just try and like build up a whole new roster a whole new generation of talent in this company and she's doing it yeah she is absolutely Fan flipping tastic. 
This match was excellent. They had some really good near falls. They went back and forth. Xylee escaped the disarmor. They had a double down spot on the outside. Both got back in at nine to beat the 10 count. Lynch ducks the concussion kick and hits the manhandle slam for the win. Very, very good match. She's spoken a lot about wanting to be that person for the next generation of women that her generation didn't have. So by that, she means, oh, you're a new talent on the roster. You can work with an edge or you can work with Kofi Kingston, who's been around for a while. You can work with a Daniel Bryan. You can work with uh, Randy Orton. You know, all these people that have been around either for a really long time or legends who come back in and do a spot. The women's division, with all respect to the, the Divas era prior and then the handful of legends that came around in the Attitude era, the women's division don't have those people. Becky Lynch wants to be that person. She said it in those exact words. Um, her little run with the NXT women's title for me was was proof positive that what we need is a little mid-card title for the women's division. I know that too many titles is a thing. I, I at the time was like, arguably, we need this more than the women's tag division, although I'd like to have those too. And then we got a, a women's tag match later on, which gave me all the reasons for a women's tag division. When she was the, the NXT women's champ, her going to all the different brands and facing all these people... It was such a great opportunity and the fruits of that are being born in Tegan Knox being a regular presence on TV, Lyra Valkyria, Tiffany Stratton both being, you know, over. There was a moment in this match where Becky was insisting that the crowd get going. She was insisting that the crowd be there for it. And it worked. It just worked. There was the moment where they both managed to beat the count at one point. They're on the outside. And when they both did that, I was like, oh, that, and that put me in mind of the Becky and Charlotte one where they nearly beat the count together. You know, there was a lot of here, a lot of going on here that I just, I just love it. Yeah, big this, fan of this. This is what I want to see. I was a big, big fan of this. And then after the match, damage control showed up and the rest of Team Belair slash Flair came down to even up the odds. I think that's the War Games match I'm most excited for. I 100% agree. Can I have a minute on damage control? Go for it. Because we don't get to talk about them because they're on SmackDown. And I'm obsessed with them a little bit at the moment. So cool. And I keep thinking about them and what could be and what it means for the division going forward and things like that. This, and again, it's the spinning plate stuff. It's all the different, all the different narratives, all of the different things going on. Becky and Charlotte, what's that look like as a team? You know, and I'm someone who has a weird parasocial relationship. I like everyone to be friends. I want them to hug it out. I don't know. Um, so there's a little part of me that's you know thinking about that. There's also the fact that in this moment. Bailey is wearing Asuka's shirt. She's not wearing the damage control shirt. She's wearing Asuka's merchandise because Bailey is desperate for friends. But I don't think that it's going to work out for them. I think Bailey's eating a loss at Survivor Series um, and the team are going to kick her out. But that when when Asuka joined and and they had that little hugging moment, Eo and Kyrie and Asuka are having a little cuddle. And then Becky's like, can I be involved in the hug? Having previously earlier on in the show said, I don't, I'm not a hugger anymore. I don't, I don't do that. And then she wants to be involved. Dakota kind of having to basically lie to bailey in order to make her think that these things are her idea all of this story is amazing those pro shots they took backstage they look so cool i this is maybe a comparison that stretches it a bit too far but there was a conversation i was having with someone on twitter about they were like isn't it reductive to chuck all the japanese women together and have them be the foreign heel team i'm like well first of all dakota kai is not japanese neither is bailey but second of all we're getting kind of a bullet club like there's this this gang of like foreign you know the, the whole point of the Bullet Club is they were the, the foreign heels together. No, yeah, yeah, there were the Gaijin group that came. It was less just they were foreign. It's also they were bringing Western ideals. They were bringing 
interference into right. Japanese wrestling, which wasn't there previously. So my they argument... Were, they were bringing Western wrestling to the East. So my argument is this is the opposite of that. I'm not saying it's exactly on that level. I wouldn't say it's exactly on that level. It's far too early days to go there. But the idea of this team, we've got Julia in the conversation to come over here. Um, AZM the other day was was saying she, she's going for the New Japan Strong Women's title. And then she was like, and then I want to come for Io Sky. Oh my God. And then, you know... I keep thinking of this. They kick Bailey out, and who do they get to come over and be the new boss? Mercedes Monet. Pay her whatever she wants. Let her be Mercedes. I don't care. I don't even need Sasha Banks as the name. Let her be Mercedes Monet, and she leads this this group. There's so much you can do with that. The idea that they're bringing this unit together, and and they bring those maybe they bring those Eastern ideas into the wrestling, the Western wrestling. There's something in that. It's a really exciting thing that we've never really had in this division before. And I'm really passionate about it. I'm way more into damage control than I am pretty much anything else in yeah. WWE right now. For for a lot of reasons that you just said there, I'm I'm super excited for this group. Like I don't need to just add like Julia to it and this and the other. Like I don't I don't need like that. But I don't need this to be the NWO. Mm. Like I don't need this to be Bullet Club. But I like them as an act. And one of the reasons I like them as an act is because I love Bailey mm. and I love this idea. This is going to lead to our Bailey face turn, which we haven't had for so long now. She's had this incredible heel run. And that's going to lead to a very good babyface run off the back of it where she can go up against the baddies that kicked her out of the group that she started. Mm. Like, I, I think that is a fantastic little story, particularly if you do bring back Mercedes Monet. That was my pitch months ago. So I'm, I'm one of months ago, it was a crown jewel. I made that pitch. So I'm, I'm happy that a lot more people are on board with my ideas now. Um, thank you, Fantasy Booking Warfare. And like, I, I think this has got a lot of legs to be the best story because this is going to carry smackdown mm -hmm. i agree smackdown does not have roman mm -hmm. smackdown no longer has john cena so smackdown needs something big to mm. carry it through for the rest of the year going into rumble season we're getting out of the turgid bit now we're getting into the good bit and now and i think damage control for smackdown can be that linchpin that really like i've got to tune into smackdown to see what is the next stage of this damage control storyline mm. particularly because i don't have any bloodline i don't have any john cena the rock sure ain't coming back mm. so i need so, so damage control can be that mm. i'm really really excited for them uh ludwig kaiser um and his lovely nipples so oh, man stop making... do you remember that video yeah, oh yeah, when he's a work of art. And he just had nipples? Yeah. What happened to that? Well, he came out looking like a work of art for his match. How was it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's his Sometimes gimmick. I think I was drunk when that happened. <laughs> well, look, I feel like I'm drunk every time I watch an episode of Raw because I don't know why you, you would want to try to break up Imperium. Yeah. So try to break this group up. Yeah. Because he and uh, Vinci argued and Kaiser told Vinci that you need to stay backstage for my match with Johnny Gargano. And the second he said that, I was like, all right, well, Vinci's coming out and you're losing then. And that, that's exactly what happens. Johnny Gargano didn't actually get his entrance. Um, but this crowd was so hot, they actually chanted Johnny Wrestling at one point. That's how hot this crowd were for, for WWE today. Mm. And, yep, Vinci came down. He caused a distraction, even though Vinci, uh, Kaiser had the match set up to win. And then Gargano won. I am tired of the template of this DIY Imperium feud. Because mm -hmm. ma these matches, they have had tag matches, they have had singles matches, and every single one of them has finished the same way. Mm -hmm. Which is, it is either interference by Imperium, though the other member of Inter Imperium, or it is Imperium distracting each other into losses. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of done with it now. Yeah, I'm actually ready for these two to move on, and it feels like their feud has barely gotten started. Yeah, there's um, that's absolutely fair, and I completely agree with you. There's a format to WWE matches now I've noticed, which is 
a little bit of action, tiny little bit of action, then we go to the break, and then you better believe when we come back from the break, it's going to be on fire. Because that, that was this only whole... just noticed that, yeah, Dan. I'm being, I'm being hyperbolic. <laughs> I was say, but like, but this one in particular was one of them. And like, you know, there's the diving hurricane Rana, which is on my list of moves that will always pop me. Um, there was a move where Kaiser used Gargano's momentum to do it, like a tilt a will on him and face plant him onto the ground, which was just magic. Um, I was like, there's Johnny Gargano. This is what I've been waiting for. All of that said, that part's right. You know, yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm tired of seeing Imperium try to be broken up. Mm. Uh, backstage, Green and Viper were chatting with Adam Pierce, and then everyone walked in to stand in a row. Uh, the other tag team, so uh, Natty and Tegan, the Party Girls, and Candice and Ivy. I hate hats. Sorry, um, Maxine and Ivy rather. And Maxine actually walked up to Adam Pierce to talk about something else, and accidentally got her into this number one contendership mm. match. And then when Ivy and I was like, oh, that's not what we came to talk about. Maxine goes, cheers! I live. So good. So, so great. Um, we cut back to, and we had a promo for Backlash in, Can I just, in France. Quick note, though, for any Americans who might be coming over for Backlash in France. The Eiffel Tower is a five-hour drive away from Lyon. They're very far away. I know this is their way. This is what Americans think of Europe, but... It, you're not going to Paris, all right? You're going somewhere else. But so it's fairly close. It's not. Yeah, it is. Only a five-hour drive. That's too long a drive. You can get the train. Don't want to. <laughs> well, that's your problem, bud. <laughs> I like Paris. Uh, no one else does. And um, <laughs> then we cut back to the Judgment Den where Rhea and Dom were having a chat and they found Shayna and uh, Zoe Stark were, were hanging out playing cards. Uh, Zoe Card promo, but, you know, Rhea said, I'm going to win. Then all of a sudden we just cut to the ring and there's eight women in there. And I was like, whoa, it's, it's, the, it's the match now, I guess. It's the Party Girls versus Maxine and Nile versus Tegan and Natty versus The Way. And this match was all over the place. It was quite sloppy at times, but good fun. And mm. it was good fun because Maxine Dupree and Ivy Nile were incroyable within this match. It sucks that Maxine was the one that then took the pin. Like, and I love Tegan Knox, and I want to see the best for Tegan Knox. But when Tegan Knox won and she pinned Maxine, I did go, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. But I, I thought Maxine and Ivy Nile were fantastic in this match. They were. And I also want to give a shout out to Chelsea Green and Piper Niven on commentary, uh, because that's how guest commentary should work. Also, I love that Piper Niven is kind of morphing into Chelsea Green as well. Like, they're, they're, they're making more sense as a pair, yeah. which is really great. I love it. Um, she kept calling him Matthew Cole. Matthew Cole. It's the, it's the Chris Jericho thing of calling them by the wrong name. Which was great. I also had been really irritated by Michael Cole coming back from that segment where they'd all been asking for a match or whatever with him going, but Adam Pearce wishing he wasn't at his job. These henpecking women. It was a little bit like, oh, come on, Michael. Michael Cole asked her the same question five times, which is... Michael Cole had an off night. Which, you know, which one of these teams do you want to face? And Chelsea Green was like, dude, I've already answered that question. With man. a funny joke. With a funny joke. I'll like, say I, it every I'm time. not going to keep doing the same funny joke, bud. Meanwhile, um, there was some really... I, 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 It started sloppy, but there was some really nice stuff. Candace and Indy had a lovely double team. Same with the party girls. Consistency in the division, not just plonking women together all the time. Although, speaking of plonking women together, at least Natty and Tegan had matching gear, which I really appreciate. But I really want to put over Maxine Dupree, because there were two moments in this, in this... Well, I mean, there were so many moments in this match, but two in particular stuck out to me, where she <laughs> hit a really good move. She did a really great chain sequence. It, it wasn't, like, the most tight I've ever seen. She's a novice. But she hits it, she takes him down, 
And she just sort of stands up and she goes, thank you. And then she's like overcome by this rush of being able to do it. The same thing happens when she does like a little moonsault or a dive off the off the second rope to the outside. She has the same one and you get this incredible shot from underneath of her being like, oh, because like she's gone from being this valet to a pair of male models to fancying Otis to suddenly being trained to be a wrestler. And she's actually getting quite good at it. And I love it. Like, I, I was watching it. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, no take backs. You might be one of my favorite wrestlers of the year. I just love what she's doing. It took me back to the summer of this year oh, when Academy was the best thing on Raw. It's so simple, but it's so effective. And she sells it so brilliantly. And it's that thing of... I've missed it. I can tell she really cares. I have missed this quite a bit, actually. And I... Because you and I were so into we were. this during the summer and wanted... To, like, this was my favorite thing on Raw was Alpha Academy. And since the Gunther match, they've cooled them off mm -hmm. so massively that when she was in this match, and all of a sudden, like, it was Maxine again. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, She's this still is... learning. She, I love this. Yeah. I remember, all of a sudden, I was like, I forgot how much I was so into the character. And I, like, I, I said on Twitter that she might be one of my favorites of the year. She might be one of my best wrestlers of 2023, no take backs. And, and a couple of people replied being like, um, well, actually, I, th I, don't, I think best should be safe or something. And I'm just like, hang on. First of all, it's subjective but second of all my point is she's being she's doing brilliant work like it's within it's not like i'm not saying she's will osprey but she's doing fantastic work with this character it's really entertaining and she deserves massive credit and we should use it to shout about people are going to be mad whatever we say we should shout about this this great work that we're really enjoying it was it was brilliant she did such a good job i thought she was great i thought ivy nile was yep. was brilliant with her as well and as i said like i love tegan knox but when she pinned her i was genuinely gutted because i wanted to see maxine but that's great let's save maxine and ivy for another time yeah. let's, they've got other things to talk about apparently let's do let's just do this tegan natty tag match mm -hmm. because i need these two far away from each other they have negative chemistry mm. like they have like it feels like they've met each other for the first time every time they've interacted <laughs> so I'm, i want to get these two far away from each other so let's do that tag match and split these two up so we can go in different directions mm. but uh this was a, a thumbs up from me i had a good time up. with it less less good is it's gunther scolding kaiser and stop trying to break up imperium uh, Adam Pierce then had an argument with all of the other male tag teams standing in a row, uh, and he said, well, we'll just do the same match we just did for them, but we'll do it for you, and we'll do it next week. Uh, he didn't. He said Tag Team Turmoil, which is a different format, and I love Tag Team Turmoil, so I'm very happy about that. Um, but I also love that he's got a weedy little intern. Did you see that? No. At the end of the segment, he goes over and he's like, get me Nick Aldis on the phone. I assume to do something about this Tag Team Turmoil match and have a conversation, but Nick Aldis is behind him. So he comes over and he's like, oh, we can have a conversation now. Mm, and they have a little stare off. But it was this li weedy little guy with an iPad. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he runs off. And I was like, that little intern could be me. I've never been represented before in a wrestling show. That was lovely. Or we're going to come on to that in a little bit, actually, of being represented on a show. <laughs> because this next segment was fabulous. Mm. The Miz had a face-to-face -face with Gunther. And... Miz opened up here talking about how, like, I have always been about respect. And Gunther comes out and, uh, okay, small detail number one that I absolutely loved about this segment. He calls him Mike. Because mm -hmm. the Miz is a lame WWE character gimmick name. Gunther is a serious, actual athlete wrestler. So he's not going to refer to someone by a silly comedy goofy name like the miz he didn't call him by his real name mike 
Mm-hmm. So he always calls him Mike. And I love that little detail. That's proper. That's Walter. That. Well, it's because the it's because the Miz is the is the exaggerated character version of Mike, and it's and and he uses that as his shield. So to cut through that shield is like you know, and he has this line where he's like, "I don't have a lack of respect for you, Mike. I have zero respect for you." And it was great. That was a that's a great line. And then Miz fires back by talking about the icons of this industry he's like yeah i'm a character i'm a larger than life character but so was macho man randy savage so was mr perfect so was the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels so was i mean he said bret hart but i don't think that one really counts but he said well, when bret hart gave someone a kid a uh, ringside sunglasses i wanted to be that kid i wanted to grow and be like those guys and they were all intercontinental champion and that's why i love that belt so much i wanted to be like those people i idolized those kids and and i was sort of bullied at school for you know idolizing these sorts of people and he called gunther a one-note bore effectively there's a line in the transformers movie when the decepticons are trying to decide on who is their new leader and the, scru- the constructicons think they should be the leader but soundway was like no it should be me and one of the constructicons says no one would follow an uncharismatic bore like you that is what the miz was calling gunther was an uncharismatic bore so wrong but he called him an uncharismatic bore in so many words and then gunther just destroyed this poor lad because he just says mike when you were a kid idolizing those heroes of yours, you were bullied for that. You were bullied because you're a weirdo wrestling fan. And then you grew up thinking that you could be a wrestler. And what happened when you became a wrestler? You were bullied by all of those heroes that you idolized because they know what I know. You do not belong in this ring. You belong behind the barricade with the rest of the weirdo wrestling fans. That's my champion. Mm. He is my champion. He should be the absolute star of everything that this company is doing. He is a magic, perfect wrestler. He's so good. The crowd did not know how to react to the segment. They just started chanting USA because they're like, I don't know what to do here. So they just started chanting USA and Gunther shot that down as well. Be like, well, that's typical. Told you they're weirdo wrestling fans. You just started three letters that mean nothing to me. And it shut it down completely. Mm. And then he just turns to Miz and he's like, Maybe you just need to be bullied some more. What are you going to do about that, Mike? Pie face him, starts pushing around. What are you going to do, Mike? What are you going to do? Yeah, you're going to do something. And the Miz fires up and he fires back and he punches up at Gunther. And then Gunther boots him down with a kick because he is the ring general. He is a pro wrestler. He is the man around these parts. But the Miz is the Miz. So the Miz low blows Gunther and he stands over him after hitting the skull crushing finale, holds aloft the Intercontinental Championship because he will do whatever it takes to win this belt this is sports entertainer versus the pro wrestler and this was a perfect segment to do all of that i loved this i did too i thought it was absolutely great at the time uh, when it first started i wasn't sure that it was going to get there i felt it was a little bit um loose i thought it was a little bit unsteady um i think miz is figuring out this how, how to after you know 20 odd years of being the miz he's figuring out how to be a good guy the miz um and i was like i'm not sure you're really landing it um and then by the end of it, I was like, oh, you've done it. You figured it out. Uh, I, I don't like a certain attitude online, which is very snobby and very sneery with certain people. I saw like just some stuff about Shotzi and some stuff about me. And I, I don't know. There's, there's, there's an attitude to certain corners of 
every fandom really like separating it from wrestling that that really grinds my gears a little bit who will take this segment and have it be like ha he's put the miz in his place kind of thing but i think without the miz being the miz this segment doesn't work doesn't work but the story doesn't work no it doesn't the miz sells what gunther's you know it buys what gunther's selling kind of thing that it that's that's why i think this is such an interesting pairing of these two because they are those polar opposites that you say and that's why i think the match is going to really deliver i think you know uh i, I get fed chris van vliet shorts all the time and and on youtube um and there was an interview with john morrison where john morrison was like yeah i don't want to work with the miz they'd love to he, he you know does the job really well like also he doesn't hate you so it's this, nice. this this is well King of you can't just let it you can't just let me cook can you <laughs> as the kids would say um but yeah like it's good it's it, that thing of like you know there is a respect for the miz behind the scenes for for the work that he's done and for the commitment he's done to like, taking the miz this exaggerated version of himself that probably is quite annoying and just uh, just letting it become his character and that's how he's able to sustain a career for this long and you know make the success for himself that he has done um and i i loved it as a segment i thought it was great i'm really excited to watch the match um i think it will slap this match is going to be great yeah this match is going to be so so good and they've given you everything you need to know about this segment mm. and, and this match in this segment i thought it was so so well done both of them i thought were fantastic in this segment didn't like Michael screaming, do it for all those weirdos. Yeah, I was, we got like 2011 Michael Cole all of a sudden jumped back out like, come on, Miz, come on, Miz. I was like, oh, no, oh, <laughs> no, I, no, not you. I thought you were banished into the recesses of the past. But no, 2011 Michael Cole reared his ugly crap commentary head. And I've got a real terrible feeling. We're going to hear a lot of him yeah, I don't uh, want that. at the pay-per-view. Well, we won't because we'll, we'll be doing the live we, stream. We, yeah, if you don't want to hear bad commentary, Michael Cole, come to the live show because yeah. you'll, you'll just have us being all loud together, so it's mm. fine. I Can I um, can I show you my really weird thing about this segment? Um, I'm going to be quite... I'm going to be very personal here, and I'm going to do my best to do this without crying because it has... A, it has I have done that in the past when i've gone when i've gone to these sorts of levels okay so i was in therapy last year and one of the reasons i was in therapy is because of my low self-esteem and my lack of self-worth and, and a, lot, a lot of these things and i discovered through my therapy that it was all from uh bullying mm -hmm. when i was a kid i repressed my bullying i have i do self-deprecating humor about myself because i use it as my defense shield against the sort of like very traumatic childhood i had when it came to bullying one of the reasons I was bullied is because I was the weird kid. I was called a weirdo at school. Mm -hmm. People bullied me for being the weirdo. Oddly not for liking wrestling, because the people who... Oh, at the time, it was kind of... Well, the people who bullied me also liked wrestling. Yeah. So it was the one thing we actually got to sort of bond <laughs> over. When they weren't beating me up, yeah. we were talking about what Stone Cold Steve Austin was doing. Yeah. It was a very weird time. Um, but I was bullied for... I played video games. Mm -hmm. I played board games. I played Warhammer 40k. I listened to new metal. So I was, you know, and I had long hair. So I was you know, bullied for all these sorts of things. But one of the things that was, people used to tell me was like, you're weird. You're a weird kid. You're the weirdo. You're not like everyone else. You're not normal. Mm -hmm. And that has really stuck with me. And it sort of led me into trying to find like my tribe, trying to find my groups. Mm -hmm. I made a joke about this on, I think it was Raw earlier this year, with the DX anniversary was that last year they did the DX anniversary? It was the start of this year. I wasn't. Was it? I think it was that. I, mean, yeah. I did the show with you, I'm pretty sure. Did we? Pretty sure you and I reviewed it. And there's a line Corey Graves was on commentary and he was like, hey, if you're not having fun with DX, then you're not part of this tribe. And I was like, well, funny enough, that's actually what I'm in therapy over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I was you know, talking about these things. So I, I, I had such a weird time with this segment mm. because 
if anything, I'm the Miz in right. this segment. But the person I'm cheering on the most is Gunther. Well, like, I'm like, yeah, that's my champ I right think, there. I think that's what I'm saying when I, I, I like, look, both things can be true. The, that is what I want from my big villain heel champ. I want him to be that brutal. I want him to say those things that cut to the core of it. I want him to be gloating over making Chad Gable's daughter cry. I want him to be telling The Miz that he's nothing and worthless in this industry because I want to believe that that's going to light a fire in The Miz to fight back, hmm. really. That's why I, I push back on, and you know, there are certain people online and you know even even among my friends who, whose opinions I respect very much don't, like think the Miz has any value and I'm not I don't mean you when I'm saying that like before the chat or the comments go a bit mental like the Miz they, they just like on the Miz excuse me for swearing but in this case that's what they do like the the power of what Gunther was doing was really cutting to the core of trying to to be that villain who makes all of us feel that level of insecurity and I think the Miz is that I think you have to watch the real world and see those clips of the Miz being a complete nerd about it and be like that would be really annoying to be around but it's that that has made him have this level of success no one is, like maybe he does punch a little bit soft maybe he does work a little bit safe but no one is more committed to trying to make it work for himself and to forcing his way from being a weirdo to being a two-time grand slam champion than the miz and and it works for me to have you know this really powerful monster heel piss all over someone who is kind of like me because I had the exact same experience as you did mm. in so many different ways. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's also complicated because The Miz has been uh, annoying heel for 20 <laughs> yeah, years. Exactly, so yeah. it's harder to get behind him and see ourselves in him because we've been trained to not see ourselves in him. But Because he's the A-lister. He is yeah, above all of us. But, you know, and also this idea that, you know, you aren't living up to that bell is not true. <laughs> it's like, it's just oh, yeah. objectively not true. Yeah, I think that's the, the only... I, and I'm not going to say any criticism about this segment because I'm because it's not because this segment was perfect. But like, yeah, the Miz being like, you're a one note joke. I'm like, mm, right, yeah, you're not making. Uh, actually, I think he, yeah. if anything, he's made that title more relevant than anyone has, including you, Mike. That's what I'm saying. Makes Gunther do saying that to Miz. That's what this should be about, not yeah. about whether or not Gunther. It's the like same with like when Gunther was being like, oh, it smells here in this town. Yeah, that's not work. Gunther. That's not Gunther. We don't need that in this thing. We don't need those. This is better for what it is yeah. so yeah I, I i completely i'm with you yeah i loved this but it was so so great yeah um but uh, you know i'll have to talk about this with my therapist now <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to call her up and be You're like hold an ipad and point at the yeah i'm gonna have to play her the same yeah. and be like isn't it weird how yeah. like i'm behind gunther in this even though i'm the miz in this mm. segment but anyway uh we had seth tell jay how important it was to win which we talked about earlier uh val haller and ivar cut this wicked promo mm. on bronson reed mm. uh bronson reed got a return promo later on to set up a match for next week and then the last thing to talk about is Shinsuke Nakamura versus Chad Gable. Um, this is where the crowd were noticeably tired. And Nakamura won. I don't think Nakamura's been doing a very good job recently. But he's getting, you know, he's got to save himself for that CM Punk match. Oh, big time. Big time. Big time. It's coming. Yeah, I, I thought it was fine. This match was fine. The chaos theory is not a German suplex. They're different things. <laughs> um, Michael was having an off day. Got right on my nerves. Oh, he's doing the chaos theory. No, he isn't. No, he he's isn't. doing a German suplex. He's doing a deadlift German there, Mike. And also, when you do a deadlift German, you just sort of gently put Nakamura down. It's probably not going to keep him down for the three. Um, he called him Angle at one point. He was having an off night. We all have them. I, I'm sleepy today as well. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was fine. Um, Finds a... Um, I'd say that's a strong word. 
You think? Uh, I, 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 well, yeah, maybe maybe it was fine. Maybe that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Maybe that's that is the perfect descriptor of this. It's just so interesting because normally fine. I'm sleepy at the beginning of the show when they're just doing the same Judgment Day run Monday Night Raw promo, and then by the end I'm well in. I'm, this was the other way around. I actually felt like I was on the same roller coaster that the crowd was on, right? Because like, like I pretty much peaked at the Miz Gunther segments. Mm. And then I never recovered after that. Yeah. And then like the Randy Orton thing just didn't work for me at the end. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a great show. I I know I did great, too. And, great and it's a go home show, which he's not usually very good at. Yep. Uh, but he did it well here. So good for you. <laughs> I gave this a strong four out of five uh, on the episode, and I stand by it. Um, let's shout out some of our Patreon backers over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Um, if you go over there now, you've got access to the mailbag for this month, the behind the scenes for this month. Tomorrow will be WrestleTalk After Dark. And then the week after that, we recorded this yesterday, myself and Oliver Davis reviewing Survivor Series 2014, which is an incredible main event with stipulations that make no sense and actually undermine the match in many ways and a dreadful undercard and if you thought that i've got uh, i've had bad takes on the miz in the past wait till you hear my thoughts on <laughs> miz dow did you, you not like miz dow hated miz dow uh, i like miz dow so my my issue i have with miz dow boils down to that is not what a stuntman does mm. no it isn't what a stuntman does so well no a stuntman does not body double no, the stuntman does not watch what the actor is doing and mimic it. Yeah. A stuntman takes bumps for actors. Yeah, that's fair. So he is not being a stuntman. He's being, he's a, he's being a doppelganger. Yeah. But they keep saying in commentary, what a stunt double. Yeah. What a stunt double he's being. And it wound me up in 2014 because I felt like I was ma- I was going mad because I was the only person who was really irritated by this. Mm. It pissed me off even more 10 years later because the crowd were going nuts for it. And I was like, well, I can't deny that it's over. But it don't, <laughs> ma- but it's, it don't make a lick of sense. And I hate it. Uh, but we have a great time. Because also, in that period of time, what a mad couple of weeks this was, by the way. Survivor Series 2014, you had that with the debut of Sting, the WWE debut of Sting. In that same week, the CM Punk podcast with Colt Cabana comes out. The week after that, Vince McMahon is on the Steve Austin podcast. Oh, God. Where he talks about the brass rings and like why I'm not pushing Cesaro. What a week. And and austin talks to asks him about the punk podcast mm. and stuff so we go through all of the wrestling observer like the figure fours everyone's write-ups they've got of all of the punk podcast fallout backstage reactions to it it was a fascinating deep dive and we suddenly realized we're doing this chat but for an episode that's going to come out after survivor series where we might actually see the ww return of cm punk at survivor <laughs> yeah. series but anyway if you're one of our 25 dollar and above patreon play channels you get your name read out on... oh no they've already no, been... we've done it we're, we're past oh, that in which case I'll, I'll i'll move on then they were they weren't crossed out when i started this segment they are now do you know what i'm going to shout out the moderators anyway do it. go on andy Oh, I'm not ready. Uh, Gaz! Ian! James! Jay! Sean! Les! And Rob! And of course, Mod Mother Jenna. Thank you all so much to our wonderful moderating team who will be in effect for this coming Saturday when we do Survivor Series live reactions. We're not just going to be doing them here in the studio. We're going to be doing them live from the Long Arm Pub and Brewery in Shoreditch in London. Don't just take it from me. Let me cue it up. (laughs) Take it from me. 
Do you have plans to watch Survivor Series? Well, why not come and watch WWE Survivor Series live and in person with the WrestleTalk team with over 100 other wrestling fans along with a live version of our Parts of Unknown board game series No Holds Board at the Long Arm Pub and Brewery in London. Not only will we be watching Survivor Series together, but we'll be doing our live reactions to the show from the pub, which means you will have the chance to be on camera and part of the WrestleTalk live experience. This is the best way to watch wrestling pay-per-views and tickets are available right now. Get your tickets today and we'll see you there to be part of moments like this. Dan, while watching that crib, just was like, oh no, I'm wearing the same oh, t-shirt. The same t-shirt. Yeah. And then we both realized I'm wearing the exact same outfit in that video as I am today. <laughs> Fabulous. Hey, look, it works for you. Thank you, bud. You're, you're eating. It's because it's I'm going to um to hustle tonight. Ah. And I wanted to make sure that I looked cool. Yeah, well, when yeah. I go to a wrestling show, I think you've nailed it. So I was like, well, I need to wear my cool t-shirt and wear a nice bit of flannel. Because <laughs> that is what will give me the respect that I so crave <laughs> because of my low self-esteem yeah. issues, Dan. It's all, it's all a vicious circle, isn't it? Let's get into the rest of your alpha chats. Get the rest of them in. Ding, ding, ding. This is your last call. Restalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amount. Charles Berg, who's been a member for 30 months in a row, says, Adrenaline. My dad is dead. I hear voices in my head. Great IC match promo. Very funny when The Miz says, We don't respect you. And the crowd went silent. That's what I mean. It's not, they're not getting that part of it right. They're getting the part of it one way, just not the other way. And they've not figured that out with Gunther yet. Trevor, Trevor TEX says, I really like the chaotic nature of tonight's episode and Adam Pearce being fed up of everyone's nonsense. Please, someone get him a drink. <laughs> get it on a t-shirt. Uh, we have an unknown username here, so please do let our moderators know in the live chat. Uh, said, when I think this show was strong, I was a bit confused in some places. Oh, well, I think the show was strong. I was confused in some places. Why were there was a four-way when Tegan pinned the tag champ last week? If Zia leaves the championship match the next day, why is she losing to the woman who just lost that belt? Where is P.D. Williams? That last one is obviously the most important question. Oh, oh crucial. Crucial. Uh, but also, excellent point. Yeah. Uh, York Master here says, we need to have a serious conversation about Jey Uso. I don't think he's using the word yeet correctly. <laughs> I've checked Urban Dictionary. I don't think the meaning has changed. P.S. Good luck, Dan. Dan versus Ollie for the title needs to happen. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Um, on the word yeet, there was a moment when um, Drew McIntyre threw Jay across the table and went, that's yeet which was yeah that's what yeet means they're not using it right but i can't it works andy madrid said i could not express my excitement when it was announced on the show but i'm sure everyone jumped up and screamed when they announced that maxine was going to wrestle please give her that hot 30 seconds in the rumble hey give her the hour-long spot she's in she's in number one randy's cool too kuzu here says it's pretty great how damage troll and the women have become the centerpiece of smackdown over the bloodline it's because roman ain't there uh, and it's working because they're getting higher viewings than la knight and jimmy uso it took a year but it's nice to see some payoff so that's the interesting thing because uh, if you look at the women's war games lineup it's pretty similar to last year's um yeah really damage control plus rear and nikki cross so they're not there um uh, Bianca was in it, Becky was in it, Asuka was in it on the good side. Um, 
so yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting. We haven't actually Michin moved that far there. in a year. We haven't, but the reason it, it didn't work for them last year was because they they were trying to overcome Bianca and friends, but they would. They were being billed as these people who were running around and dominating the, the division, but they didn't want to take the belt off Bianca, so they could never get the win, and it, and it never let them go. My pitch is that this is the final final defeat for Damage Control. Mm. Arguably, they need to get the win here, but one more defeat, and it's Bailey throwing herself, like pushing someone off to to you know, or like uh, putting herself in harm's way to save somebody else, and that's what gets the pin. That's the final loss for Damage Control for me. As much as I want to see Damage Control win, that's what I'm pushing for. Yeah, is for Bailey to get pinned. Mm. I think that's going to be the most interesting thing for the story. Yeah, Matt here says a solid roar, and over the last feed, uh, and a solid roar, and over the last feed, over I've noticed some of the people Hunter is trying to get are starting to get a good reaction. On SmackDown, the crowd were into Dragon Lee, and on Raw, there were Johnny Wrestling Chants in the Gargano match. Hunter patience will pay off. That's what it's, we was about last week. Yeah, it's, you've always got to just like build people bit by bit, have good showings. What Becky's trying to do with the women's division. Tegan mm-hmm. Knox gets reactions now, which is nice. Blake Whitehouse said, I'm in the minority, but I'd rather Survivor Series do the elimination tag matches instead of War Games. War Games is convoluted and the second ring is distracting during the normal matches. And the sole Survivor spot is more dramatic than the Judgment Day, uh, than Judgment Day Shotzi there to eat the pin. The JD Miller. Um, I uh, have, over the past two weeks of lists, watched so many Survivor Series elimination matches. I think they're rubbish. Or at least I think they're put they're booked rubbish. That's a very personal response. I'm not criticizing you or anybody who likes them. Um, but they're just they they take so long and and the the they've never been able to figure out how to use the narrative properly, you know? Well, yeah. Like th- maybe this will be an incredibly strong take. Uh, and I'm willing to have it, uh, uh, you know, people point out to me where I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there've only been two good Survivor Series matches. 2014 and 2016. I actually quite like the angle and Lesnar won in 2003. That's but, all right. Um, yeah. Oh, Piper versus Flair is fun. Team Piper and Team Flair. Yeah. Um, like there's some. There's, there's, a, there's a few. There's some fun matches. But, but when like, I think outstanding, outstanding, like some of the best matches I've ever seen. When I think of like my favorite Survivor Series matches ever, they aren't on the list. Yeah. Like it's honestly, it's just it's those two matches. Yeah. Really. I I yeah. I do think of Elimination Chamber. I think of like the the Triple Threat Tables. I think of War Games. I think of um, uh, Lesnar and Brian. Like I think of so many things before I get to Lesnar Goldberg. Tag. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, great, great yeah. shout, great shout. Yeah, Le- I, Lesnar AJ. Yeah, could have been Jinder. Could have been Jinder. Uh, like I, yeah, I, I've, I also because I hate the Raw versus SmackDown thing and yeah. brand warfare They're and all that sort of stuff. It. So I don't, I don't think it amounts to much. Um, Benny Boy here says, "I know I'm, it's not Raw related, but what wrestler would you like to see on I'm a Celebrity? I'd love to see Osprey or Grado, Mickey James. Well, Grado would be my answer because." He's an actual celebrity here in the UK, That's so true. I'd put Grado That's on true. that. Osprey wants to be on Strictly. Oh, yeah. I mean, Osprey would be great on Strictly. Yeah. Bruv. Um, Ket here says, let's be real. The 10 men in the War Games match are still going to feud with each other afterwards. <sighs> it was like that last year with the Bloodline. KO and soon after Sammy feuded them with for six months afterwards. I'm going to bet money that it will happen. I think the difference is that was sort of early on enough in that story. Yeah. Um, this is feel, this does feel you are right this does feel like the end of it yeah um i'm also gonna yeah, a few people pointed out the um uh team Austin versus team bishop because it's got that really good um sean michael yeah, performance that's a good one 
Uh, Luke Owen's number one fan here said, I really like how no one's uh, how no one knows what's happening after war games. Who is Gunther feuding with? Kaiser, perhaps Jay, Sammy? What about Seth and the World Heavyweight Championship? Does he do something with Cody or Randy? And Judgment Day is the start of an implosion arc? It's exciting times. That's what I was saying in the me and Pete were having this conversation, I think after we finished recording. There's, there's so many different avenues that they could go down, and I like not knowing. Like I don't love having everything fed back to me on online. I like to I like to be a little bit surprised. I like that I've predicted that Damien Priest is going to cash in every single pay-per-view since he won it, and he hasn't. I appreciate it. Uh, Andy Madrid here says, another chat for Thanksgiving. Hello from San Diego. Uh, I don't know if it's on purpose, but I love the post-Trish feud about setting the groundwork for future women. Becky has been wrestling so many up-and-coming women. Women's War Games is going to eat. Thank you for saying things like that, by the way. And I know there are so many people who are also on this train. I just, I got, uh, there were some weird comments on the lists recently about because the top top two were you know becky lynch and, and the women's war games and they were like oh like women's wrestling it just doesn't matter if, unless it's a bra and panties match and i'm like well way to show that you've never you know interacted with a woman before but i i know that there are so many people who appreciate the art women's wrestling so i'm like if, if i ever see someone say that i'm like oh cool so i don't need to take you seriously yeah you're you're not someone i I, I, I can that is a comment i can easily skip past because mm. you are just saying that because you think it will get a reaction yeah uh and it also by the way i need very much on purpose yes very much and kevin here says i'm turning 28 today happy, hey, birthday! happy birthday i joined the community about five years ago and i'm glad i did thanks to all at rest talk parts for no no rolls barred your community has been amazing won't be there this saturday but i plan to come in january so i hope there will be a royal rumble watch party much love jam that jam well kevin yes that, that 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 is the plan that's what we would very much like to do uh and lastly mr top has been a member for 10 months in a row and we've got some last minute patreon pledge hammer shout outs basket is glory nate lee and rue the day rari o'brien kelly that is going to do it for this episode of the rest of podcast tomorrow it's dan and pete doing mm-hmm. their predictions for survivor series and then on thursday it will be the aew dynamite review and then this coming Saturday, there's no SmackDown review this Saturday because we're getting ready for our live show. So we'll be doing live reactions to Survivor Series from the Long Island Pub and Brewery. You have to and, sleep in the morning. And then myself and Oliver Davis will be reviewing Survivor Series the following day. Mm. And then Dan and I will be back for Collision stuff. Although really? I probably won't be on that Collision show because I'm doing the overnight on Sunday and then I'm working. Sorry, doing the overnight on Saturday and then I'm working Sunday. So I probably will take a day off. Uh, also, we're doing um, Wednesday Night War tomorrow on Parts for Unknown. So you got to be there for that to watch me finally take Laurie out. Well, yeah. I mean, can you? Because uh, yeah, it, I'm only a bit behind. It him. doesn't feel like you can, though, because you you keep losing. I still have a network special card that I didn't use for this purpose exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I, I wasn't saying that. I was just saying what I'm seeing in front of me, which is you keep losing. What's this? This is this is a that, sign that, of my greatness. Has, uh, nothing to do with the Wednesday Night War. No, but it's but proof that I know what losing. I'm doing. Are you winning currently? Not right now. Well, that'll be so. Join in tomorrow to see if Dan can stop losing at the um, Wednesday Night War on my GM mode on WWE 2K23. That's over on Parts Fun Known. Thank you all so much for watching. We will see you tomorrow. I've been Luca and DAD. That has been the Professor, the Truth, the Loser. So the Jam That Champion, How Dan Layton. Jam That Jam.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.